Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and The Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am excited because I am joined by Paul and Julian with Ace Marks. Paul, Julian, thank you so much for joining us on Art of the Kickstart. Thanks for having us, Roy. Yeah, thank you. Pleasure. So you guys just crushed your second campaign, uh, raised over $1.2 million for your killer Italian handcrafted dress shoes. Please tell our audience where this all began. What's the backstory? Uh, sure. So I've actually been in, been making shoes for a very long time. My family's been in the business for, for, for about 30 or so years right now. And, you know, luxury shoes is kind of what we've always done. And a few years ago, I decided to, to move away from our traditional wholesale model and go into, into men's shoes because I saw that there was like a real lack in the market in terms of quality and value for what you're getting at, at, at especially that two to three hundred dollar price point. And so I chose to go the direct to consumer business model. It came time to actually make that first order to our, to our factory of, you know, to buy that inventory. And I realized that I have absolutely no data, no information as to what to buy. I made a beautiful big collection. I I had lots of colors, lots of styles. Actually, it was much bigger than I originally intended for it to be. And I I didn't know where to put my money. And so I decided, and it was a very limited amount of money. So I decided that uh, after a lot of research, that Kickstarter was probably a good way to get that information, that data of of what to do, because I'm going to get a good feel for for what what styles the market's going to react to, what colors people are going to react to, what sizes I should I should buy, you know, over other sizes, and, and that's really where how we ended up on Kickstarter, and that's how we decided to launch Ace Marks. So, what ultimately led you to the path of wanting to crowdfund your shoes and become the most successful and most backed shoe campaign ever? What what led? What was the path to the crowdfunding market? Yeah, again, it, it came down to, to doing that research and that, that lack of data that we had initially and, and just wanting to get more information before we, we purchased an inventory, before we, we, you know, we really went to market. And, and in terms of making it the best, you know, being the most success, successful forward Kickstarter campaign, man, that, that's just something that I think came with a lot of hard work. I, you know, we studied other successful campaigns. We literally did about a year of legwork before we even launched that initial Kickstarter campaign. We, we spent a lot of time, a lot of hours uh, getting all of our ducks in a row. And, you know, we actually made three different versions of that original video, maybe even four. We did, went through like a hundred script rewrites. We were ready to launch four times in, in 2016 until we actually, ended, I'm sorry, in 2015 before we actually ended up launching in 2016. 
So you bring up a really good point there in terms of, you know, just all doing your homework, which uh, a lot of campaigns are, are doing more of that. But obviously early on, you know, a few years ago, many people were kind of launch it, see if it fails or if it succeeds, you know, try and make multiple iterations to it thereafter. Talk to our audience because, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily create multiple versions of their video. How did you guys go about deciding which one to ultimately put onto the campaign? I just hated the other ones. <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't, it you know, obviously it wasn't intentional that we created multiple versions. We, we, we filmed many, many hours of video and, you know, we went to edit and, you know, I, I guess that the, the best way to say it, that the first couple of versions sounded more like infomercials. You know, and again, I guess it's important to say I have no experience before Kickstarter in creating, you know, videos, you know, selling stuff online. Like I, I, I it, this was my first time doing it, so it, it just really came down to, 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 to seeing the final product of what we had and just, just not liking it too many three times before we actually got to the final product. Right, and feedback. I mean, feedback is really the key because you show it to people and you show, you know, how does it make it feel? What do you think? Does it communicate all the things that you want to communicate? And when someone comes back and finally gives you the, wow, this is a really good video, that's when you know, okay, you know what, I think I'm actually on the right track. Yeah, that, that was also very helpful, yeah. So, I mean, you guys got nearly a thousand people to back this, can this second campaign that had never before bought anything on Kickstarter. How do you think you accomplished that? I think that has a lot to do with, with our marketing. And we, we really try to, to put together a a comprehensive campaign when it comes to that. So I think that our reach goes beyond the Kickstarter community in lots of different ways. And I think that Julian can, can speak a little bit more towards that. He, he, he's the brains behind the marketing part of it. Yeah. So one of the things that we wanted to do was obviously go a little bit outside the Kickstarter realm because we, the last time we done the Kickstarter a year ago, we were already the number one funded shoe campaign um, in, in Kickstarter history. So we knew that it wasn't, we were, we were pushing new boundaries as far as what the potential cap on Kickstarter could be. So we knew to, in order to continue to grow this, we would have to go outside of people that were native to Kickstarter. So we, we had to develop a pitch that was going to be able to draw people into Kickstarter and feel comfortable with Kickstarter. Now, in the second campaign, that became a lot easier because we were already proven that we could deliver. And the community from the last, the last time really helped us with that, with the, um, with those reviews. I mean, they came on real strong right away and, we're very adamant about, you know, these guys are great. They, they, the stews are great. They really, they were really happy with that first experience, which, which alleviates a lot of that stress of, you know, having to worry about whether these people are going to deliver or not. So when we had to transition into, you know, how, how are we going to get people outside of Kickstarter? When we were, when we were bringing them in, we could, you know, allow people to come in and see those reviews, which allowed us to convert those people outside a lot better than we would have if we, you know, we were, this is our first Kickstarter, which I knew was a hard obstacle for people to overcome in their first Kickstarter campaign, but uh, that, that was definitely something that helped us a lot in the second one. So was there anything that you guys learned from your first campaign that you guys were able to implement on the second one that you ran, or what, what were some of the lessons learned? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the, some of the lessons was obviously is, is the community engagement. I feel like that is, and, and the way Paul that talks to the community, I mean, he, the amount of updates given, the amount of, you know, just responding to every single person's question, being as transparent as possible just made a huge difference with the, the trust and the, the backing that people have with your campaign. It was, uh, it was really incredible to see our, our, our Kickstarter community in the comments. It kind of took on a life of its own where our other backers were answering the other people's backers. Where we wouldn't even have to answer it ourselves. They would ask a question and they would just jump right in and it almost became like a forum. 
in a sense. And, um, you know, in creating that engagement, which is something that Paul really did, you know, he did, he did it in the first one, but especially in the second one, where, you know, by, by constantly, no matter who, you know, every single comment was answered by Paul, individual, individualized answers. And it just became almost a fluid conversation and got that going, which I think really made a huge, huge difference. And, and obviously, in helping new customers come in that, that wanted, that saw that community and were like, wow, this is really, really a great community of people that really love this brand. I think this is actually something I'm willing to, you know, give a shot, you know, of trying. And I think that that really helped. I mean, the, it really helped. And we could, even when you want to take it to an analytical part, like we could see it in our conversion rates. Our conversion rate on this one was much higher than the last one. And I think that that was a big part of it. Yeah. And, and I think even going, I'll, I'll tell you that when, then when I launched Ace Marks, in the back of my head, I thought it wouldn't be great if there was a global community of like, like real, like Ace Marks, like aficionados, fans. And I, I didn't realize like really in the beginning, the power of Kickstarter to actually start creating that community and to start creating those brand enthusiasts. And once in the first campaign, I, I saw the reactions and, and I saw that I got to communicate directly with so many people all over the world and, and kind of have almost like a one-on-one with thousands, thousands of people that, that were interested in our shoes. I think that was a, a really cool thing that I, that I, it's probably one of my favorite favorite parts about actually even being on Kickstarter, just to have that interaction with the uh, with the backers and and potential uh, Ace Marks fans. Yeah, I think that's the the true nature of crowdfunding, right? Is that level of authenticity and transparency from the founders of the company and the community that's backing this project? Because you know, I'm sure there's there's a huge gap to overcome, especially in the shoe market of how is this going to feel on my foot when I finally receive the product and you guys certainly incentivize those with your buyback option of getting a $60 credit towards new shoes and then donating those shoes, which I think is an awesome, you know, obviously a marketing uh, play, but certainly great to get, you know, people back in, into the world in terms of the mar- or in terms of the workforce side of things. So, you know, it's great that Paul, that you were able to engage every single backer that was out there asking for that feedback of the product. And that certainly led to the trust of your brand, obviously, not only delivering a product, but a superior one that you've promised all your backers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you touched on that buyback program. And that's, I'll tell you that that is one part that when I, when I started thinking of, of Ace Marks and getting into men's shoes, that's something that I did want to put in from the beginning. And I wasn't sure in the very early stages of, of how I was going to put that social aspect in, into our brand, into this company. But, you know, the buyback program started coming into play and, and I just thought it was a really cool way to give back to the community. And, you know, being in the shoe business, I have to, to admit that there are some, some great leaders in this, in this industry, uh, that have done it before me. And so it was, that, that was very inspiring. And I just wanted to make sure that we were able to, to give back like many other companies are in, in our industry have. Yeah. No, I think that's great. In terms of your campaign, yeah, all of your backers unlocked, I think it was eight stretch goals. Can you talk to us about how you decided on what to offer your community as stretch goals throughout the campaign? Yeah. You know, we had a live stream a couple of weeks ago and that kind of came up. And I was very honest on there where I, where I said that I kind of have an idea going into the campaign as to, to what we're going to offer. But I, I never know how the camp, I don't know how the campaign's going to go. I don't know where we're going to get to. So, so a lot of it is kind of done on the fly. So I, I wish, I wish I can tell you that there's, there's some huge signs to it. Um, so that there's a lot of planning to it, but I just kind of get a feel for what people are looking for, what they want. I also within the comment section or direct messages, I start talking to our backers and, and, and just, just see what would make them happy. And then I try to deliver on that. Yeah. 
I definitely think you did deliver. So what do you what do you think was the number one factor in helping you guys raise over a million dollars on this campaign? So to answer that, that's a, that's a that's a million dollar question, I guess. Um, so I mean, to to try to put it into the number one factor, I'd have to say it's you know trust and transparency in what in our operations and in what we're trying to do. It's being able to communicate very clearly to to your to the backers you know, what we're trying to do, like how we make the product, showing every single step in the factory, you know, not trying to hide anything, explaining every step, even when something doesn't go exactly according to plan, explaining what happened, showing why, why what's happening is happening. It formulates this, this trust. And then again, that in that trust comes a whole bunch of, you know, positive influences in your comment boards, in, in social media, sharing amongst your backers, that it, again, it's, it's a community in a sense and, and, and reputation that goes out there and people start to, you know, feel like, you know what, I can, I can trust these people because they're honest no matter what happens, whether it's something that, that bad happened, like, you know, hiccups happen all the time in business. You know, it, the important thing is that, you know, we let you know when they happen, why they happen. And, and you know exactly that we're trying to fix it along the way if they do happen. And, you know, being, having that kind of honesty has really translated into people being, you know, wanting to, you know, back us. Yeah. I, I think it comes down to that credibility and people know that, that we have the capability to deliver and everything that we promised during the last campaign was delivered. And, you know, I think we had a, a couple of weeks delay, a little bit of a delay, but that was all communicated and, you know, everyone was very happy with, uh, with what they received. So again, that all, that all just comes together. And for the second time around, I think that was all very helpful. Trust, transparency, and credibility. Definitely uh, some solid tactics. Uh, and obviously, you guys have delivered on all of that. So what advice would you give to another startup or entrepreneur looking to kickstart their fashion product? Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of uh, people, they tend to put the product too much first. Now, the product, obviously, it's, everything starts with making a great product, of course. But in Kickstarter, I feel like People, they're not just buying a product. It's not an eBay. It's not an Amazon. It's you are starting a business and people want to know as much about you and the business and how you plan to operate this business as much as they want to, you know, see and learn about your product. They want to back you because they believe in what you're trying to do. And you know what? They want to, they want to back you to help you get your business going. And as a benefit, they're going to get, you know, a product out of it. And I think a lot of people, too many people, they, they kind of take it as, oh, this is what I'm selling. Please buy it. As opposed to, I'm trying to run a business. I'm trying to create this business that I want to get off the ground to offer this great product. Can you guys help me? And in exchange, of course, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, you're gonna get a product out of it. Um, and I think that's that's a that's something that I've seen a lot of Kickstarter campaigns slowly transitioning away from, you know, trying to actually do crowdfunding to start a business and trying to just sell product. Yeah, and and I and one other thing that I think that lots of I, I, we've seen and we get reached out to literally on a daily basis by other people trying to start shoe brands, clothing brands, just about any product that they're trying to put out on Kickstarter or or other crowdfunding platforms. And th there seems to be, they feel like that, and there's some of them that have put a project out on there and that aren't working so well. Um, and I think that lots of them just put something on expecting for, for Kickstarter to do all the work for them and they just don't go into it as prepared as they should be. So that advice, again, there would also to be to, to really prepare and, and, and do your homework before going on there. Solid advice. Yeah, if I could tell you guys how many people approach us that think Kickstarter is going to do all the marketing support for them, uh, you guys, I'm sure you guys wouldn't be surprised, but there's many people out there with that, uh, with that idea in their mind. So 
In terms of Ace Marks and the brand, what what's next? Where are you guys headed next after this campaign and you guys ship and deliver? Um, well, we're, we're planning to be a, a real company. <laughs> um, after, right after that first Kickstarter, you know, we, can, we started running our, our regular e-commerce business and the plan is to just continue to grow that, uh, continue launching new products, continue engaging our backers, um, treating them. At, we kind of treat our backers as part of our team. We, we get at lots of ideas for them. Uh, from them, uh, giving them, and, and as in exchange, we plan to give them lots of extra special benefits that they aren't going to be available to anyone else. And just, yeah, and just, just building this company to, to compete with really the best footwear and accessory brands out there and, and just continuing to increase our pro, increase our product lines. Now that you guys have this passionate community of fans wearing your shoes all around the world. Do you think that you would ever open up the opportunity for an equity crowdfunding campaign for this passionate community you've built? So we actually have been approached by multiple equity crowdfunding platforms to launch on there. And we haven't said no to, to them yet. So it's definitely a possibility. But we really have to study it a lot more before we dive into that. It, it, that's, a, that's pretty new right now. And there have been a few success stories. But we'd have to see how, how it would work for us. Awesome. Sensors, maybe. Yeah, no, fair enough. So this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a few questions at you, Paul. Are you good to go? I'm always good to go. All right. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Watching my parents <laughs> do it before me. So if you could have a shoe shine with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Um, Richard Branson. What would, what would be your first question for Richard? How, how many, how do you manage so many different companies and so many different industries and still have a life? What's the last book you read? The Alchemist. What's your favorite Italian food? Pasta, but I try not to eat it too much. Where do you see yourself in five years? Um, hopefully, uh, running a really, really large Ace Marks business. What big thing do you want to accomplish? Making Ace Marks as successful as possible. Last question in the launch round. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? I think it looks pretty bright right now. I think that over the next few years, it's going to become more and more efficient and a great way for new brands and companies to disrupt the status quo. Paul and Julian, you guys have been awesome on this interview. Please give our audience your pitch. Tell them what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should go buy a pair of Acemark shoes today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, acemarks.com, you can go there. Um, I strongly suggest signing up to our newsletter. It's we. It's a community that you're gonna get. You're gonna feel very at home with. I mean, it's a, it's a great community of backers. That it's not just a place to buy shoes. I mean, you can. We have things that you're gonna be able to talk to other guys about style tips and new new you know new ways to to, to ways to dress in different situations. And it's just it's a, it's a great community to be a part of. And it's uh it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah. And, and again, we, you know, we try to give back as much as possible. So if you get, take advantage of that buyback program right now, it's open to just about any brand of shoe. We'll give you $50 credit uh, for any old shoe that you send back to us. Uh, you'll get $50 towards a new pair of Acemark shoes and we'll donate that shoe to, to men in need. And we have a video up on our site uh, that you can check out. It's also on our Kickstarter campaign page of our first donation, which we made a couple months ago, about $15,000 worth of shoes. So you're buying, getting great shoes and, and giving back. Sounds like a win-win for everyone. Paul, Julian, thank you so much for being on the show. Audience, thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all of the show notes, a full transcript, 
Links to everything we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and BackerKit. Paul and Julian, thank you so much for being on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes and our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. If you've loved this episode, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help build your business. If you need a more hands-on crowdfunding strategy, please feel free to request a quote on commandpartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you soon.